America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another restful episode of True Scary Stories to Help You Fall Asleep. Today, we are talking about a popular vacation spot. Welcome to True Scary Beach Stories. So without further ado, lay back, relax, and enjoy these true scary stories this might be a little long but it still gives me nightmares I'm a 21 year old female I drive from Miami to Daytona Beach almost every other week I make sure to fuel up before I start off, but this one day, this one unfortunate day I didn't. I left Daytona around 12 a.m., driving back to Miami. I drive a black Mustang, 40th anniversary. I was literally flooring it back home through I-95. The entire route was empty, other than a few trucks and small cars here and there. I was jamming to some good music and not paying much attention to what was going on with my fuel tank. Around 2.30 to 2.45 a.m., the low fuel warning came up. I saw it and started looking for the nearest exit, which just happened to be Boynton Beach. I've never been there and had no idea about how the area was. I took the exit and saw that there's a Circle K right off the exit. I was a little relieved because now at least I wouldn't run out of fuel in the middle of nowhere. Now with barely any fuel left in my car, I pull up to the gas station It's totally empty. I cannot even see a single car inside or even outside on the road. There were no people other than one tall man in a red colored jacket walking around near the side of the gas station where all the parkings are. But he was not very close to the pump I was at. I was a little scared, but I usually try to shake my fear off by telling myself that it's nothing. This man at this point is looking at the ground but kind of walking in the general direction of my car. I'm still inside the car contemplating whether I should get out or stay in. Usually I would have just gotten out and fueled, not being scared. But that day something in my gut told me to lock the door and wait inside until he either goes away or walks past my car. At this point, this guy is just a few feet away from my car, still not looking at me. I'm trying to tell myself, it's okay. He doesn't even care that I'm here. I should get out. But then my worst fear comes to life. This man looks straight at me and dashes towards the driver's side door and tries to open it. At this point, it's around 3 a.m. with no other people in the general vicinity. I literally froze for a second and thought that I was going to die. He pulled on the door handle several times trying to get it open. But then I somehow got my senses back, turned the car on and floored it. He didn't let go of the door handle until I started the car and hit the gas pedal. 
I'm so thankful that despite the low fuel, my car still started up and drove off. I had nothing on me to defend myself. Nothing at all other than a plastic fork that I got from Panda Express earlier that day. I still can't get over the whole experience. It still scares the living crap out of me. Creepy man from the gas station. Let's never meet again. This is my first post on this subreddit, but I've frequented it for a while. This is really the only experience I've had that would fit this sub, and it felt so surreal while it was happening. So, I'm a 21-year-old male, and this experience happened last summer, while I was on vacation at Myrtle Beach with my family. We were staying in a resort right on the beach, and we're on the 13th or 14th floor in a sort of timeshare. One night, I was feeling restless and having a hard time falling asleep. And at around 3 a.m., I decided to go out on the balcony to get some air. I stepped out and was stunned as there was a full moon, and the moonlight on the water was really beautiful. The beach was completely empty as far as I could see, and I had never seen it like that before. I decided since I wasn't able to sleep, I might as well head down, take a stroll, and listen to some music to relax. Hopefully when I returned, I'd be able to get some sleep. It was really unsafe and dumb of me, but since it was 3am and the rest of my family was asleep, I decided to just head down without letting anyone know I was going, as I thought I'd just go and chill there for about 10-15 to minutes and then come right back up. So, at the base of the timeshare we were at, there was an area with a pool, an outdoor bar, and then two boardwalks separated by about 100 feet, which both led to the beach. On the sides of the boardwalks, there were swaths of tall grass, separating the ocean and the resort. When I got down to the base, the entire area was completely deserted, and I started walking down the boardwalk on the right towards the beach. As I'm walking down, I suddenly see someone approaching me from the beach, which was strange because I had a pretty clear view of this same area from the balcony just before, and had literally seen no one. I start to get a bit nervous as I see this figure approach. And as I get closer, I see it's a man, maybe in his late 30s, who has a backpack on and is wearing glasses with large, square lenses. As he gets closer, I get a clear look at him, as the boardwalk is sort of illuminated by lights from the outdoor bar. He looks very on edge and alert, almost like he's trying to find someone who is trying to meet him in this area, and his clothes are somewhat tattered. We made eye contact and I sort of nod at him and pass. At this point I'm creeped out, cause honest to god he had sort of a Jeffrey Dahmer look. Maybe it was the glasses, and he just didn't seem like he actually belonged to the timeshare. I shake it off and keep walking down to the beach and put my headphones in. As I get down to the beach I turn right and start walking parallel to the water, and I'm just taking in the scenery. I'm barefoot, and decide that it would be nice to walk just along the shoreline. So I move closer to the water and continue walking. I'm walking for no longer than a minute before I get a really, really strange feeling that something is wrong. I take off my headphones and turn around, and I see a dark figure that is trailing me just up shore. He is situated in between me and the timeshare. I immediately can tell from the figure's height, body type, and demeanor that it is the same man that I passed on the boardwalk. 
At this point, I'm starting to panic, as every story from Let's Not Meet is rushing to my head. At the same time, I'm trying to rationalize as it feels too surreal that I may actually be in a dangerous situation. So I remind myself that it could just be a coincidence. And the man decided he also wanted to take a walk on the beach and just happened to be headed in the same direction as me. So I take some breaths and turn my head back to the ocean and continue walking in the same direction. After a couple of seconds, I turn my head back again and see that now he is much closer to me and is not walking parallel to me, but is definitely actually walking towards me. I pick up my walking speed now and turn my head back around and see he is matching my faster pace and is still walking towards me and the water. Still, for some reason I think, okay, maybe he just also wants to walk by the water. There's no way I'm actually being followed by a creepy man on a deserted beach. So at this point, to truly test it, I do a 180 and completely change directions. And as I turn my head, I see him completely change directions with me and continue closing in distance. And he is power walking now. It suddenly hits me that I'm in a really bad situation. And I take off in a run along the water. And he starts running as well. But stays up shore of me so that if I try to run upwards the boardwalk, he will intercept me. I'm freaking out now and just keep running with no plan. But figure that since I'm 20 and sort of fit, I should probably be able to keep running along the water and outrun him. And then find some other exit off the beach and either call my family or head back to the timeshare on the road. So I keep running, but he's keeping up with me, and this goes on for what feels like 10 to 15 minutes. The scariest part of all of this, which I wouldn't have thought of, is it is completely dead silent. All I hear is my breath and feet on the sand, and when I turn, I only see a shadowy figure up shore keeping pace with me. Suddenly, up ahead in the sand, I see a small blue light and what looks like four people on the beach with a blanket. They are a bit up shore. I turn and look at the figure, and bet even though they are up shore, I can beat him to these people. So I start sprinting towards them with hopes of quickly telling them what's going on so we can all confront him. I really use up my energy sprinting towards them, and as I approach, my heart drops. What I see is four guys on a blanket, with three or four handles of hard liquor surrounding them. Three of the handles are empty, and the fourth is about half empty. Three of the guys are just completely passed out on the blankets, and the last is half sat up. Obviously beyond crap-faced. With a sort of party hat on that has blue lights on it, and he's talking to himself. His eyes are half closed, and he doesn't even register me approaching him, even though now I'm no more than five feet away. I turn and see the figure has slowed down and is observing me, and then I see that he makes sense of the group's state, and suddenly starts sprinting at me. As he gets closer, the half-passed-out guy's blue light illuminates him, and I can clearly see it's the same guy as before. I make eye contact with him, and I can see that he's wide-eyed and looks almost manic, and is barreling at me full sprint. At this point, I decide I have to do something decisive. It seemed like I had underestimated his fitness, and since I had just sprinted towards this group and exhausted myself, I was afraid that he might actually be able to catch up to me if we just continued running along the beach indefinitely, and then who knows what. So instead of turning around and running, I suddenly sprint towards him and to the right, which I don't think he was expecting at all. I catch him off balance and run past him, and I literally am full sprinting back to the timeshare without even looking back. Literally, all the hairs on my neck were standing, and it felt like a dream where you're barely evading someone but he's right about to catch you. The adrenaline was crazy, 
and I keep running and start to see the time share. I finally turn around to see how close he is, and I see him in the distance maybe 400 to 500 feet away. He's lost a lot of distance on me. I don't waste any time and sprint up the boardwalk and towards the base of the timeshare. I jam the elevator buttons and leap in and start mashing the closed door button as I'm gasping for air. The door closes and I hit the button for my floor. And when the elevator reaches, I literally spent back to my room, open the door, enter, and then slam the door and double lock it. I'm breathing heavy and I drop to the floor and just sit there for a minute, not believing what just happened. I crouch and crawl over to my room, as I was literally afraid that he might be able to see me through the window on our balcony, and I enter my room. Let's just say, I definitely wasn't able to sleep after that. Guy who chased me on the beach, let's not meet again. This is a story that happened to me when I was a child. I thought I'd share it on here. I've never shared this with anyone really before, so here we go. This took place back around 2008, if my memory serves me right. Me and my family had just moved to Costa Rica, and we enjoyed spending most of our time at the beach. One beach in particular, which was near a lovely little river that I like to swim in. It was on this same beach that nine-year-old me found a dead body floating in the ocean. To give a little context, I had been playing on the beach, which we thought was a relatively safe beach, so my parents were farther up. How wrong we were about it being safe. I remember seeing something floating in the water, but I wasn't sure what it was so I went to investigate, and found a dead man just floating there. Part of his leg had been hacked off. It was obvious he had not drowned. The man had clearly been murdered. Around this time, we had heard about a recent string of murders that had happened both on the Caribbean side of Costa Rica, where we were, and on the Pacific side. The murders had been happening every six months, rotating in between both regions of the country, so there was reason to assume this murder had been done by the same person, since it seemed to fit the timeline. As far as I can remember, the details of the murder were never disclosed in any of the local newspapers, only that the man had been a tourist from England so there was no way for anyone who had not seen the man on the beach to know the specifics of his murder. Eventually, the whole thing blew over and we returned to that same beach. I can't quite remember a time frame, but it was definitely within a few months of me finding the dead man that this next part happened. One day, I was swimming in the river with my mother, when a very strange man popped up out of the water startling us. He had a spear gun in his hand, and a snorkel mask on. Anyways, he began talking to my mom, and I think we could both tell that something was just off about this guy. I wasn't really paying much attention for most of their conversation, but I do remember him bringing up the recent murder on the beach, and he seemed to know a great lot of details about it, which as I previously mentioned, were not available to the public. It almost seemed as if he was trying to confess that he was the one who murdered the man, but without directly saying so. He also talked about how he traveled in between the Caribbean and the Pacific side of Costa Rica, spending half a year in each spot. Eventually, they also got on the topic of what he did for a living, and he went into a great detail about how he made the masks for the movie Eyes Wide Shut, and that he would make those masks, and I would presume other ones based on real-life human emotions, 
and that he specifically liked capturing the look of fear. We were totally taken back by this guy and didn't really know what to do. Eventually, he just got back into the river and swam away, and thankfully, we never saw him again. I do not know if this is related or not, but the weird strain of murders suddenly stopped after that. This happened years ago when I was maybe 17. I'm 23 now. My family was on vacation. We were staying at a resort in South Carolina on the beach. The resort had two buildings, one directly by the beach and one was across the street. We were staying in the building across the street. My cousin, my sister, and myself decided to go and sit on the beach one night. It was probably about 9 p.m. There were usually a few people out walking or playing around. On this night, there wasn't anyone out there except for a few couples walking by randomly. We sat down some towels and watched the water from a good distance. We were chatting and telling stories. We noticed a man walking around us, going to the water, back to the walkway leading up to the resorts, back and forth. He got closer and closer to us, until he was walking so close that he stepped on the edge of our towels. He was a big man with shaggy blonde hair. My sister suggested that we go down into the water. He followed us. At this point, we knew that he was following us, so we decided to leave. We started up the wooden walkway back to our building. Like I said, our building was across the street. To get to it, you had to pass through a little alleyway. The alley was well lit, and the street was relatively busy. But there was a parking garage adjacent to the alleyway. My head immediately told me to not walk past that parking garage. We were facing the alleyway, about to walk through. This guy is right behind us. I loudly said, hey wait, let me beat off my sandals. We stopped and took our shoes and beat the sand out of them. The man passed us reluctantly. So close he was almost touching us. I saw his eyes for the first time. He was definitely on something. His pupils were huge. His eyes were wide as saucers. He passed by us slowly. And went where? Directly into the parking garage. I knew he was waiting for us. I said, run. We ran back over to the wooden walkway and onto the beach. Through the sand to the next walkway, which led up to another building's pool area. He was behind us again, chasing us, running full force. We got into the pool area and the man stopped. There was a woman cleaning and we told her what happened. She got hotel security and a police officer asked us some questions and walked us back to our building. I was scarred by this experience for a while, and I will not go to the beach at night ever again without my very large and tough fiancé by my side. So creepy beach chaser, let's not meet. This all happened in July of 2004. I was 12 at the time, and my parents brought me to Kona, Hawaii, the big island. Needless to say, that was an amazing time, and is just about the last place you'd expect something creepy to happen. That is, until the second to last night there. 
my parents and I were tossing around a ball in the ocean. When I overthrow my dad and a kid my age catches it, we invite him to join in. And after a while, my parents get tired and go back on the beach, while me and him stay in playing. A woman that appears to be his mother is walking around taking pictures of us over and over. And when my mom tries to start a conversation with her, the woman completely ignores her. Turns out, Jason lives in Los Angeles and is headed back tomorrow just as we are. We were connected through LAX, and thank God we didn't share a flight. Once it gets dark, we go back on the beach and don't see Jason's mother anywhere. He did confirm it was her. After searching all over the beach, we head back to the hotel. To clarify, the hotel is directly behind the beach with a pool and a bar in between. You can vaguely see the beach through the palm trees depending on the floor, but certainly not your child. We take Jason up to his room to see if his mother is there, and he says hello to a man on the way up as if he knows him. My mom asks if the man is his dad, and he says no, as his father ran off five months after he was born. We knock on the hotel door several times, and we can hear the TV on, but no one answers. We're all hungry, so we go down to the lobby to use the phone. He calls up to his room and leaves a message that we're going down to the downstairs restaurant to eat. So we have buffalo wings and soda, and we talk about Spongebob, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, etc. He seemed like any other kid. It was a bit strange, though. When we were in the ocean and lost one of our floats, he went swimming after it way too far, and my dad called him to come back. Otherwise, who knows how far he'd have chased it and possibly drowned. Now, it's been at least three hours since we saw any sign of his mother until we head back up to the lobby. She's there by the concierge, screaming at us that she called the police. Knowing how crazy this was, my dad called them as well. They arrive rather quickly, and we tell our story. All the while, Jason's mother is shouting, You're just trash! at us repeatedly. I don't recall Jason saying much of anything. Eventually, the situation dies down, and we go back to our rooms, placing a desk in front of the door. Fortunately... We don't run into them on the way back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I was a single mother of two young boys. We didn't have a lot of money, so we would often drive down to a small state park along the Oregon Coast Highway. We would park the car and walk a trail through the woods to the beach. We usually had the whole beach and trail to ourselves with the exception of an occasional surfer. This was almost the case the last time we were there. It was a Wednesday. We had a good time talking about the trees, berries, and even posing for a few pictures. We rolled up our pant legs and explored the tide pools. It was fun, but we were tired and ready to go home. On the way back, a man came running towards us from another trail. When he stopped, his face was about a foot away from mine. 
I hadn't seen him as he first approached, therefore didn't have time to realize that I should be scared. I smiled at him and said excuse me. As I started walking it dawned on me. He should have seen us long before he came up on us. He wasn't dressed for a jog either. I started to think of what I would do if he came after us. There was no way to outrun him with my two little ones. My kids were talking to me, but I was so scared that I couldn't even think to answer. So I decided to sing the little song from their Yoshi video game. Be careful. Be careful. Over and over, singing faster and faster, trying to make them walk faster. Finally, we returned to the car. I lifted them into the passenger seat through the driver's side. We didn't even need to have seat belts or a change of clothes. We just had to leave. Now. The following Wednesday, I received a phone call from my mom. Two workers had been shot in the head at the park. One lived. The other, I knew, had not. It turns out that man had been released from prison two weeks before. He had stolen their pickup. When he was caught, he claimed he didn't shoot them. He described another vehicle that he claimed was there. And it was a perfect description of my car. Okay, so this happened in May when I was about three years old, almost four. I was at the beach with my mom. We went as a group with some other stay-at-home moms and their kids. It was a fairly hot and crowded day there, and I found myself playing with the other kids at the edge of the water. For some reason, I strayed away a bit, and that's when a middle-aged woman started talking to me. I remember her very clearly. She looked like a mother would with a one-piece black bathing suit, cargo shorts, sunglasses, and her hair pulled up in a bun. She asked me what games I liked to play and what my favorite candy was. As soon as I told her, I believe I said Tootsie Pops, she told me she had some in her car and persuaded me to come with her. Yes, I know. I was a bit naive as a child. She was cheerful and enthusiastic taking my hand and leading me away through the crowded beach. I skipped alongside her and had no fear whatsoever. Then, thank my lucky stars, my mom spotted me from a distance and started screaming my name at the top of her lungs and jumping up and down while waving her arms. The woman immediately let go of my hand and darted away. I just stood there, terribly confused, until my mom got to me. I get chills thinking about it now. She seemed so nice at the time, though I admit I was way too trusting. It stinks of an attempted kidnapping now. If my mom hadn't have spotted me, who knows where I would be, or if I would even be alive. I seem to be a magnet for creeps and weirdos, and since I got such a positive response on my last experience, I figured I would share a few more with you all. I'll be writing in order of let's not meetness, so scroll to the end if you only want the scariest. Background. 
These all took place outside of my home at the time, which was on the literal last block of a major city, right across the street from the beach. The building was framed on four sides by the beach, the woods, a construction site, and a few other sleepy houses, as well as a muni line. Think the subway, but above ground. It's the very last stop on the muni, so unless you catch it at the right time of day or at the height of tourist season, the area is basically empty on the sidewalks. The house itself has an initial patio door, which doesn't always fully close if you don't slam it. And then an entry area, with a staircase and leading up to a second locked door that leads to the apartment. Experience number one. I get home from work one day around 9pm and immediately get into a small spat with my roommates. After about 30 minutes, I decide to leave the house to cool off. I had planned on sitting on the porch outside, but as I looked across the street at the ocean, I decided it would be more peaceful there. I had never been to the beach at night, for safety reasons, but as I looked at the well-lit parking lot and no one in sight, I decided it would be alright. In the one block span from my beach to my home, there was a little wooded path that started on my street and dumped you out on the crosswalk for the beach. It also intersected with another pathway that took you down the coast. I sat for a bit. Everything was fine, and after a while I started the roughly one minute walk on the little path. All of a sudden, I look up and see a man walking briskly on the intersecting path, looking right at me. I speed up a bit and try to ignore him, and as we hit the section where the two paths intersect, I end up being about a foot away from him. He calls out to me, Hey, I want to talk to you. I ignore him, and after a few more steps, he reaches out his hand and grabs part of my hair, saying, Hey, come here. I immediately yank my hair out of his hand and book it to the last block, sprinting to my house, and I can hear him running behind me. I turn the corner sharply and am briefly out of his sight. Luckily, the initial entryway to the patio had been left open by accident, and I run in through the door and slam it shut. I hear his footsteps stop outside, followed by silence. And as I go upstairs and look through our front window, I see him walking away into the construction site. Experience 2 I had a friend that lived a couple blocks from where I was, along the same stretch of beach. After hanging out one day, I decided to head back home around sunset. I've walked this route many times, and it's just barely light outside still. Only a five minute walk, so I figure I'll be home before dark. As I cross the intersection from their house, I notice a white van parked on the corner that is not usually there, covering a little garden I like to look at on my way back. I can just barely make out two people on the front seat. I think odd, okay, whatever, and pull out my pepper spray. I cross the street passing the van and now have my back to it. As soon as my foot hits the pavement on the other side of the street, I hear the van start up. I turn my head just slightly and see them illegally turning onto the street where I am now walking. They creep the van beside me slowly, just behind me but within my peripheral vision. I decide to stop and let them pass. I pause and pretend to be looking at my phone and see them stop driving immediately. This was a no from me, and I broke into a full run, the van following me to a small vintage motel about one building away that I know has an open entrance courtyard. And so as I approach it, I turn quickly into the yard and run up to an archway entry for a unit. I stop at the first few steps, catching my breath, and I open my phone front camera to use as a sort of mirror to see what the van is doing. They had backed up onto the entry of the motel and sat there for a few minutes. Then, 
The one on the passenger side opened the door and started walking towards the motel, his phone flashlight on, and I immediately pulled my own phone back, listening for his footsteps and readying myself to start banging on the motel door, hoping someone is inside. I wait in the silence for a long time, long enough for it to get dark. I finally look out again, and both the man and the van are gone. I call an Uber to take me the last two blocks. Never saw them again. Experience number three. I have a friend over, and we want a dab. It's a form of smoking weed. It's about 10 p.m. My roommates don't like dabbing in the house because of the smell. So he and I go to his car parked out front. We are in there having a good time when I notice a person walking down the block, pulling on car door handles. I notify him and we watch as the same person comes up to his car and yanks on his back door. He honks his horn and they back up for a minute, then walk up to his driver window and knock on the window, making a motion to roll it down. Just as I'm about to tell him don't, he rolls down the window a bit. The person is clean and normally clothed and asks what day it is and then what time it was to which my friend answers. They then stand there and stare at us as he tries to usher them away, even offering them money. Without saying anything, they walk away down the block, and once they reach the intersection between the construction site and woods, they roll their head back up to the sky and just start screaming at the top of their lungs. As they back away out of sight, I take this opportunity to dart back inside my house as my friend watches, making sure to close the patio door. A few hours later, one of my roommates comes home very drunk, and as we figured later, they failed to make sure the patio door was shut all the way. Morning time comes, and I wake up in an empty apartment. I open my phone and have a singular message from my roommate from three hours ago, stating that when they left for work this morning, there was a person that they didn't know sleeping inside the patio area. They thought it was a drunk person who lived in the neighborhood and entered the wrong house by mistake, and evidently did not find it enough of a reason to call me or wake me up. I immediately go to the entry of our apartment, pulling the door open fast. To my surprise, the person who has been talking to us in the car the night before is laying casually across my staircase, fiddling with something. I scream hey loudly, and they immediately hop up and run out my patio door. I run down the stairs after them and open the door. They're standing across the street, just smiling at me and giggling. They then give me a little wave and run off. I close the door hard and go back up the steps to see what items they had left. Sitting on the steps was a few coins, some weird wire type objects. Think a bobby pin after you've bent it into a straight line, a lighter and a pocket knife. Never saw them again. Unrelated to my stories, but shortly after I moved from that area, one, a teenage girl was abducted from that same corner where I saw the van, and two, after a car chase, police found a severed head in the freezer of a house along my block as well. I also got a lot of questions regarding calling 911 on my last post and I wanted to clarify. I'm from a rural area and have had many bad experiences with cops abusing power and have been raised to always be wary of police. I've also had situations that were severe enough that I did need to call them and they didn't help me. So that's not really a thought that goes through my head when dealing with these situations and I've learned how to take care of myself or utilize community resources for other situations. These all happened to me years ago, and it's pretty wild to look back on and remember how terrified I felt in these times. So there's my stories. Hope you all enjoyed.
Hello, everyone. First of all, I'm not a native English speaker, so please be indulgent with me. I'll try my best to make as little mistakes as possible. Also, long-time lurker, first-time poster. Anyway, my story deals with a pretty common situation that happens a lot, but it still creeped me the F out. Every year for summer holidays, me and my family go to my grandparents' house in a region in France called Bretagne, and they have the luck to live on a cliff right next to the beach, which is pretty neat. And for you to understand the situation I was in, I'll do a quick description of the place and, most importantly, how to access the beach. If it's not clear enough, I'll try to get some pictures as soon as possible as I'm here again. When we get out of the house, we need to cross a little road and get to an entrance between bushes. Then it's a clear but narrow path that you can take just to enjoy the view of the sea, or you can also go to a staircase built in the rock cliff. Then you'll just have to walk on medium-sized stones and, ta-da, you've arrived at the beach. The place itself is pretty big, but there's only a few ways to access it. By the staircase I described, or by another one at the other end of it. Also, big thing to mention, as I grew older, I stopped building sandcastles and swimming with my family. I'm 18, and the older of my three siblings was way younger than me. So I was done playing childish games and I had started to climb the cliffs for fun. Not the steep ones. It was more so a semi-hiking of partially collapsing cliffs. This will be relevant later. Now, on to the story. Last year after having dinner, I headed out for a little walk on the beach. No one seemed determined to come with me, so I went alone. No big deal. I did it every evening. After going down the staircase, I walk a little bit and then sat down on a stone to smoke a joint and listen to some music. Not really smart, but hey, I'm a teen in a little village that I go to every summer, and as much as I love my family, it gets pretty boring from time to time. Anyway, I'm enjoying my time when I spot a guy in the corner of my eye, maybe 40 meters away from me. No big deal. It's a free access beach after all. But then he starts heading his way towards me, His head was shaved, and he had square-shaped glasses on, maybe around his mid-twenties or early thirties. He was pretty tan, like he worked outside for a long time. The bald dude is getting closer, but again, I don't own the beach, and he's coming next to me. I hear over my music that he's trying to talk to me. I remove my headphones, and he said something along the lines of, Hey, you look familiar. Have we met before? I answered with a calm but firm no. But he keeps insisting that he saw me at the beach today. And sure, I said, maybe he did. But there are tons of people at the beach. I don't remember everyone I see. The way I'm responding clearly implies that I'm not interested in having a conversation with him. But he sits on a stone next to me and he keeps talking, mostly about himself. That he loves the beach. The weather is nice. That I'm nice with him. And that's where it got creepy. He says that it's rare to find nice girls and he's happy that I'm not a jerk. I don't know another word equivalent in English, but in French he said, Trainee. Then he asks about my name, where I live, and of course I didn't say a thing. He started to lean closer to me, which made me really uncomfortable, always with a huge grin on his face. That's when it hit me. Remember when I said that there were only a few entrances to the beach? That jerk was sitting right between me and the staircase. I was cornered. No one was there. We were completely alone. 
And even though I'm quite athletic, I'm 4.9 feet and weigh 90 pounds. This guy for me is twice my size, and he clearly wants to continue our discussion. As I'm not responding, he started to sound annoyed, clenching his fists. But still, with his stupid grin glued to his face, he asked me if I was really a good girl, and why won't I talk to him? I'm crapping myself at this point when I look at my left, and almost let out a sigh of relief. One of the cliffs that I'm used to climbing onto is right next to us, and even if I said that they are more like hiking than climbing, I could rush to the top in a matter of seconds as I'm used to doing it, run on the narrow path and go home safe. So I just got up and said, I don't want to talk anymore. Good evening. He looked startled for a moment, looking back at the staircase for a second, which confirmed my suspicions. He thought he had blocked my only way of escaping, since the other stairs were way too far. To this day, it still scares me that that was his first reaction. At this point, I'm high, tired, and terrified, but I start to walk confidently to the cliff at a high pace, and in the corner of my eye, I can see that he is standing now, looking in my direction. As soon as I'm close enough, I literally start to jump from rock to rock as fast as I can, scratching myself in the process. When I arrive at the top, I look down, and he is looking right at me, not smiling like before, but frowning and looking like he is on the verge of committing a crime. I then sprinted to my grandparents' house, which luckily is pretty close, and explained everything to my mother, and the next day I reported the guy to the police station, giving the best description that I could. Since it's a small village, they could apprehend him easily if he was a resident, but to be fair, French police sucks, and nothing came of it. So yeah, sorry if this was long, but I wanted to give a detailed explanation of what happened. It was a little bit anticlimactic, but this guy actually had a plan in mind, and I'm glad that I did not stick around to discover what it was. And again, since I'm back at the place, I can take some pictures of it if you like. Just ask. I was heading to the washroom on the beach when I realized someone grabbing my butt, not once, not twice, but three times. Every time I turned around, he was grinning at me. I used the crowd of people to lose him and finally made it to the washroom and closed the door. But I heard someone outside asking the guys in line, did you see my daughter go inside just now? She was wearing a yellow bikini. I was freaking out and ran to the second or third stall and hid inside right before he entered the washroom and locked the door. I left the stall door wide open, but hid behind it hanging from the stall divider. I heard him pass me, and I just hung on with every fiber of my being, too afraid to even pray for help. I don't know if he looked for my feet or not, but I had them propped up for as long as I could manage before someone started knocking on the entrance door, and he opened the door and left. The two women who came in and saw me come out of the stall seemed concerned for me, but I told them that he was looking for his daughter. I stayed in there waiting for my friends to meet me outside. Most terrifying moment of my life.
I'm posting this from my phone, so sorry for any formatting issues. This happened about seven years ago. I was staying at my friend Diana's house. She lives pretty close to a small beach, which is really more of a vague shoreline, but it's still nice. We both enjoy going on adventures, so one night we decided to go for a walk, ended up walking along the shore. Her dog, Penny, was with us, occasionally running out into the water, doing cute dog things. I'm not a huge dog person, so I'm not sure what kind of dog she was, but she was a medium-sized dog. Not big, but way too big to be called small. We were only there for about 10 minutes before we heard a twig snap from the forest at the edge of the shore. Both of us froze, listening to see if we could hear anything. We thought we heard someone shushing someone else, but brushed it off as us being paranoid. We remained on high alert anyways. The tide was coming in, and there was only one way back to safety, a single path, which we had come down on. Everywhere else was essentially a cliff, covered in thorns and whatnot. Not fun to climb. We started making our way back to the path, taking our shoes off since we realized we waited too long and wouldn't make it before the water reached us. As we were walking, we heard more twigs snapping in the forest and hushed voices. We looked at each other and paused. Diana asked me what we should do, and I really didn't know. Everyone at our home was asleep. We couldn't call them, and we didn't want the police if it wasn't a dangerous situation. I ended up telling her we had no choice. We had to make it up to the path before the tide came in. We started again, picking up the pace a little, coaxing Penny along with us. It's at this time that we heard a growl and a low bark, followed quickly with more shushing sounds. I could hear the voices, though I don't remember what I heard them say. There was two men and they had a dog. There are no houses this close to the shore. Diana's house is the closest, and it's a good five-minute walk away. The forest that surrounds the shore is pretty thick, and not good for camping in. There is no viable reason for someone to just be hanging out in there. We both register this and start to run. I heard one of the men yell, go get him, and heard the dog's collar jingle as it started to run. Penny was right behind us, so when we saw the silhouette of a dog in front of us, we knew it wasn't her. The dog started growling, and Penny was bouncing around playfully behind us, clearly not sensing this dog's aggression. She was a pretty young pup. We stood still, unsure of what to do. The sound of twigs breaking was getting closer, though, and Diana carefully knelt down to go get a rock and tossed it towards the forest, to which the dog and Penny went chasing after it. Diana was worried about Penny, but we both kept running, hardly stopping for a breath when we made it to the path, before the tide that I might add. We could see the flashlight beams in the forest, and heard the men cursing and clumsily maneuvering through the branches. We called for Penny as silently as we could, but she never came. We ended up having to leave without her, as the men were getting too close. We ran back to her house and locked the door, and haven't talked about what happened since. Penny showed up the next morning, perfectly fine in case anyone was wondering about her. I've had a few strange encounters with sketchy people, but this was the only time that I felt truly in danger. So... Random shore stalkers, let's not meet.
This happened to me yesterday. For some background, I'm 24 years old and four foot 11 and a half, and I look younger than what I really am. I've been trying to go out for about an hour walk every day to get out of the house and get some exercise. I live in central Ontario for school between two lakes, and there are plenty of trails in this city. I had to go on the other side of town, so I decided to walk down and around the beach, then walk to the bus terminal. At the time, I was on the phone with a good friend of mine. He's planning to come visit me sometime, and we're figuring out what to do in the city. The city I currently live in is a lot smaller than where I grew up, southern Ontario. And while on the phone walking towards the beach, I passed three guys on a bench about early to mid-30s and about five foot ten. I just so happened to say, well, I live in a small city. And that was enough to rile one of these guys up. Only one guy was yelling at me. Conversation is as follows. Guy. Compared to what? Me. Kitchener. Guy. Oh yeah? How many are in Kitchener? Me. Other has over 100,000 people. There's only about 31,000 people in this city. Guy, are you Statistics Canada? What? How many Chinese people? I don't know. Why does it matter? You just said terrible stuff about the Chinese. I said nothing about that. All I did was say that this was a small city. No, you are being an effing racist. You think you're so smart, but you're dumb. We are smart. Me. I don't care what you think. Guy. What's the difference between Chinese people and the Viets? Uh, different culture? No, you're effing racist. I didn't say anything about Asians or Chinese, though. Are you recording a podcast right now? Since I was still on the phone. No. I'm talking to someone. I should just record you on video. Even better, I should Facebook Live this and expose you for the racist you are. I didn't say anything bad, though. What's your background? Why does it matter? I bet you don't even effing know how to stop essing on Chinese people. At this point, I knew that nothing that I was going to do would change his mind. Plus, the guy was so aggressive and yelling at me the entire time. I thought he was just going to hit me. My friend on the phone thought so too. I was tempted to call the police, but didn't. And as I was walking the way, the guy continued to shout at me, but I ignored him. I saw them get up and walk in the same direction as me, but I lost them after a bit, thankfully. The whole conversation lasted about 10 minutes. The guys were also as white as I am, but clearly... I'm the racist. Last year in July, I was on vacation in Sicily for 10 days. I was having an awesome time. My hotel was right on the beach and you could walk through the pool area down to the beach where a portion of it was sectioned off for hotel guests. There were many beach lounge chairs, you know, where you can lay back or adjust the recliner, with little tables and umbrellas that you could use, for a fee, of course. I got a chair and put up my umbrella and decided to read. There was an older couple a few chairs down from me. 
but no one else was on the chairs that day, though the rest of the beach was packed. I was laying down just relaxing, and I put my book down and closed my eyes. I wasn't worried about theft as I had nothing with me except a towel and my book, and I felt safe. I fell asleep, and I think I was asleep for around an hour and a half. I woke up and was going to get up to go down to the water edge. When I stepped off the chair, I stepped on something and heard a noise. I kind of screamed as it startled me, and it was someone's hand that I stepped on. I saw and felt that it was a hand. All of a sudden, some guy just wriggles out from under my chair and runs down the beach to the left at full speed. I was just so surprised, and I didn't really react other than my scream, because I was a bit woozy and had just woken up. I didn't see his face, but he had a very tan skin and was wearing board shorts and a t-shirt. I don't know how long he was under my chair, and obviously no one told me that there was some dude under my chair. So weird guy, let's not meet. When I was about six years old, my family went on vacation to the beach in Florida. I'm a lot younger than my siblings, so while they were doing their own thing with their friends, I was stuck wherever my mom would take me. For the most part, we stayed in this extremely crowded pool area by our hotel, which had direct access to the beach. It's all a bit hazy, but at some point when I was swimming, I looked up where my mom was supposed to be sitting, and she wasn't there. I was really attached to her, so I got out and started looking for her. I scanned all the chairs, took a trip around the bar next to the pool, and I couldn't find her. For some reason, six-year-old me decided that she'd gone for a walk on the beach without me, so I made my way out there looking for her. I walked about a half a mile down the beach, out of the crowds, to a more vacant area, and just remember starting to cry because I thought that I'd never see my mom again. Just as I basically had given up, a woman and man came up to me. They asked me who I was, if I had any family nearby and I had told them that I was alone and was looking for my mother. They said to me that they had seen my mother, and told me that they would hang out until she came back for me. Well, these people took me about two miles away from my motel. We walked down the beach to a more residential area. They kept insisting that my mom was going to be down on the other end of the beach, and that they were going to take care of me. They tried to get me to build sandcastles with them, play in the water with them, and even told me that we could leave to go get dinner and they'd bring me back afterwards. I kept telling them no and that I wanted to return to my hotel so that I could go up to my room and check for my mother there. And that's when they got really upset with me. The woman said to me, we're going to leave. Go get dinner at our house and we will bring you back to your hotel afterwards. Got it? I was starting to get really nervous. So I told them I didn't want to go with them and that I could walk back to my hotel on my own. The man then said, and I will never forget this. You're coming home with us for dinner. He said it in one of those creepy, do it or die kind of tones. I don't know, it just kind of stuck with me. Lucky for me, I heard my name in the distance. There was a group of people yelling for me. I bolted over to them and they asked me who I was. When I told them my name, they smiled so big and said, there are lots of people looking for you. 
When I turned around to tell the group that a man and woman had been hanging out with me, they were gone. The group, which actually ended up being hotel workers, took me back to my hotel where everyone was waiting. There was a fire truck, an ambulance, and news crews all there because I had gone for over half the day. The entire hotel pool area had been shut down in efforts to arrange search parties. My mother was sobbing and all was okay. When I told the hotel workers what had happened, they were extremely concerned. Apparently, not even a week before, a child went missing in their beach access area. When the kid was found, he claimed a man and a woman lured him out to their car, where they tried to forcibly take him home with them. And that's when he bolted away and found another family for help. Thank you all so much for watching to the end of this video. I hope you enjoyed it. I also want to give a big shout out to our channel members. Thank you so much to Emily Tippins, Adam Wagner, Miss Janet 64, Derek Slank, Helga Andreas, Michael Smith, Furberry's Fables, Samantha Scotton, Glenda's Voiceover Projects, Maxine Gentile, Sad Fish, Inner Scare Wifey Simp, Pilot, Vanita Tillman, Sarah Rodriguez, Shane Wilson, Sarah Wood, Jacob Ryumi, Claire, Sherry Uchel, Zane Loggins, Martha APS, Hail Mary, Gingerbread, Carrie Morris, Crystal, Brown Doe, Jado, Chili MC, Snowing Wine Drops, Tina Mead, Taylor Ruist, Casey Brown, Caroline Hawksworth, Eric Donter, The Green Reaper's Nightmare, Simply Complicated, Tangela Young, Miss Cannabis, Anon Q, Mathematica, Christy Goodall, Skin Crawler, Ruby Wilson, Jennifer Moyer, Classic Sonic the Hedgehog, Cappy Karma, and Paul Reese. I appreciate you all so, so much. Thank you for being channel members. And I want to give a special thank you to each and every one of you who watches my videos, likes my videos, comments on my videos, and is subscribed to my channel. You all mean the absolute world to me. Thank you all so much. And I hope you have an excellent rest of your night. And enjoy the extra rain at the end of this video. Good night, everybody.